0: welcome to the bumpaholics podcast our podcast strives to share the values and vision of each of our members of keeping community women's ministry or kcwm for short the members of kcwm bring with them a vast array of knowledge and experience to our listeners the bumpaholics podcast serves our community by providing education on fertility pregnancy birth postpartum lactation and parenthood the overall mission is to support expecting parents so they can be more well-rounded and empowered to make informed parental decisions in their journey through parenthood. The following media content is intended to only be an educational reference guide and should not be taken as a substitute for medical advice from your doctors. While KCWM and Rose Farrow Productions adhere to strict self-set guidelines for prenatal and parental practices, any advice, instructions, or information found within this content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You should always research these subjects for yourself and make decisions based on all the information available to you or seek the advice of your medical Professional with any questions you have regarding a medical condition. The subject matter of this media content may not be suitable for all ages. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Now sit back, listen in, and join us for today's episode of Birthopolis. Hi,
1: welcome to Bunk- Bumpaholics with KCWM, Keeping Community Women's Ministry. Uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram,
2: TikTok, MeWe, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest. We're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm Jamie Mackey, and um, I am the Director of Technology with KCWM, and here with me today is Cindy Rogan.
2: Hi, I'm the Director of Administration at KCWM, and a mom of three.
1: So, um, we're here to talk about your birth stories today,
2: so uh, tell me a little bit about about your children. Yeah. yeah. So I have three. Um, my oldest is 20. My daughter is 16. And my youngest son is 14. It's been a long time since I've been pregnant. Um, and each of them had very different, very different births. Um, very different pregnancies. Just nothing textbook at all. <laughs> so.
1: So. um start with your your first child and how did you I guess how did you first find out that you were pregnant?
2: Well I was young um I was only 17 when I thought I was pregnant with him and um you know they talk about implantation pain and I hadn't missed my period yet I had no real reason to think I was pregnant but I can remember the moment I knew I walked in my front door and I felt that Cramp and that pain, and I knew my mom was in the kitchen. And mom, I'm so sorry. I love you. Um, but I remember going down. And I was like, Oh no, I'm pregnant. And then I continued on with my day as though nothing had <laughs> happened because um, I couldn't let anybody know that anything had happened. Yeah. Um, a couple weeks later, I was late. I took my test. I took the test. Um, had a little bit of a breakdown. Found out I was pregnant. Um, proceeded to have to tell my parents and all of that fun stuff that you have to do when that happens to you. Yeah. Uh, or not happens to you. Um, I just was naive and didn't think it was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I didn't understand the birds and the bees quite yet. Um, but, yeah, that's how I found out I was pregnant with my first. Uh, my second, we, were, we had actually been trying for a little while and then had given up. Um, we just didn't think it was going to happen. So we decided to stop trying for a little bit. And when we stopped trying um, about three months later, about the time I was like, okay, great. We're just going to have one kid. We're not going to have any more. I found out I was pregnant. Um, And then my third, I was adamant that I was not going to get pregnant again. I was done having children. There was no way on earth I was going to have any more children. And um, out of the blue, while pregnant, I mean, sorry, while breastfeeding and while on birth control, I found out I was pregnant with number three. So if that child does not have a point for being here, I am very (laughs) mistaken, because I'm pretty sure he has a pretty big mission (laughs) in life. But that's how I found out I was pregnant with all three, Um, each one in their own time and each one in their own story. So, yeah. yeah. So, how did you know when you were in labor? With my first, I was extremely early. Uh, We were actually out of town on a vacation, um, kind of a weekend away. And um, I was getting in the shower that morning, and I went to step in the shower and my water broke. Just out of the blue, nothing else was going on, no contractions. Um, This was back in 2000, and cell phones were just kind of, not really a thing, especially not for two teenagers who had literally just gotten married five days before. And, um, so the way that the place that we were staying at was set up, there were cabins and you, the only phone on property was up the hill about half a mile. So I went out and I told my new husband, I said, Hey, I, I, am pretty sure my water broke and he panicked because he was laying in bed and had no (laughs) idea what was going on. And, um, I said, so, and I said, well, why don't you just, you pack the car and I'm going to go call my mom. And so I walked myself up this hill, up a dirt road, up half a mile, because I don't know why I didn't just take the car, but it seemed silly <laughs> to me to take a car for half a mile. And um, I got to the top of the hill and I got inside and I was like, I really, I just wanted to know if I could use your phone. And they were like, honey, you know, you can't, it's long distance, you can't make a phone call. And I was like, well. I think I'm in labor. I think my water broke. And all of a sudden, this entire room full of older people, and if you ever see this, people down in Texas um, who happened to be in that room, I am so sorry that I was so nonchalant about it because I really and truly had no idea that it was a big deal. To me, it was just my water broke. I'm in labor. Okay, you know, now we need to do the next step. And um, they panicked. Let me use the phone. I called my mom, and she was like, well, honey, you probably need to call your midwife and let her know. So I called my midwife, who was just like, well, you haven't had anything going on. Um, go ahead and head home. Take a shower. Give me a call when you get home. Um, so that's what I did, and I just really wasn't worried about it. I just sat on a diaper for the drive that just happened to have been in the car for my pack of diapers, and I sat on the dra- diaper for the three hours drive home. And that's how I went into labor with my first one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was just really out of the blue and very calm once we got home. Um, I, my mom and my dad came over to our apartment, and my mom was panicking, and I was just kind of like, well, we probably need to go to the hospital, and I'll call her. And I was like, but she just said to give her a call when we got here. And so I called her, and she's like, well, honey, I don't really think anything's going on because she really didn't think my water had broken. I mean, I was 17, and it was my... I'm sorry, I had just turned 18 and it was my first pregnancy, and she probably thought I'd peed myself. Um, So she was like, I'm going into a movie with my daughter right now. I'll meet you at the hospital, take a shower, get your bag packed, just in case this is a real thing. Because I wasn't having any contractions at this point, nothing was happening. Um, So I went, we went to the hospital, she got there, and lo and and behold, my water had broken. Um, still no contractions nothing mm-hmm. was happening so but that was the start of labor with him all right so what uh i guess what
1: happened once you got there and yeah. <laughs> determined that you were in so
2: labor? um you know we talk a lot about the waterfall of interventions um yeah. his was textbook waterfall of interventions um i got to the hospital my water had broken um, especially back then, you, would, you were not allowed to go a certain amount of time over having your water broken. And so, um, you know, water broken, no contractions. They had me on Pitocin. They had me up walking. They had me trying to do some stuff. So we started with walking. There's some interesting pictures of me trying to walk around. Um, there's one picture of me in this really awful robe that I don't remember who bought for me. Um, over the hospital gown. And I was pushing a wheelchair that my baby sister, who was like two, is sitting in. <sighs> Um, while I was trying, like, I, I don't know if it was in labor or right after I had him, but it was a pretty, it's one of my f- favorite funny, not attractive <laughs> pictures of me. But I, I remember doing some walking around and then they put me on Pitocin and I started having contractions, but nothing was really happening. And um, and then they gave me Benadryl to help me sleep through the night. And I told them, I was like, if you give me Benadryl, it's going to knock me out. And they were like, no, 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 we're just going to give you a little bit. Nothing will happen. Well, it completely stopped the contractions. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think I made it to a whole centimeter and a half. And so the next morning around uh, 11, we were, we'd hit the 24-hour mark and then some, and nothing was progressing. Um, I, I don't think I made it ever to three centimeters dilated. And... Um, we ended up having to have a c-section um and he was about eight weeks early so he was born and went straight to the NICU um and then I I I know I got to see him a couple of times but I was sent home without him um and then ended up with a really bad infection we had a really rough start first few weeks there so yeah but it was you know we made it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so what was that
1: like having a baby in the NICU?
2: I don't have a lot of memory of it. I wish that I did. Um, I know that his dad was in there a lot with him. Um, my parents were in there a lot with him. My His grandmother, my ex-mother-in-law was in there a lot with him. I only got to go see him in the NICU once. Um, because after I was released from the hospital, I was then at, readmitted the same day um, and was in a different unit with an infection and wasn't able to see him for the next two weeks. That's really tough. It was, it was a very rough start, but you know, um, the nurses did everything that they could. And my midwife was really, um, working to try and make sure that we still had a good breastfeeding relationship and everything. Even though we started two weeks late, it was still successful, which was pretty amazing. Yeah. So you had a midwife at 17? I did. My mom had had a um, birth center birth with her, but it was the last birth center birth allowed in the area. Um, 20 years ago, um, home births were not allowed in Texas, or if they were. It was very, very limited. They definitely were not allowed in our county. Um, And so my midwife, and she had been really pushed out of being able to even do... Uh, her birth center births. And so she was now having Mm -hmm. to operate in the hospital. So unfortunately I wasn't able to, I probably would have had him at home and probably had a much less intervention. Yeah. Had we been able to be in a birth center or that kind of an environment. Um, you know, looking back, I can see a lot of things that if now with my education, had I known we would have had a very different experience and probably would not have ended up in C-section. But as it was, um, then with my daughter, you know, I found out I was pregnant, and um, we ended up with a lot of complications during her pregnancy. So, you know, I was on bed rest, we had um, a subchorionic hemorrhage, we had a placental abruption. Um, we had some pretty rough, we yeah. had a really rough start to her pregnancy. Like, the first, I would say, four months were really bad. But,
1: yeah, so, I mean, how did you handle that pregnancy? Uh, <laughs> a lot
2: of support. Yeah. Um, I had some really good friends, and really wow. my family really rallied around me for that one. Um, I had a four-year-old running, a three-year-old. I'm sorry, he didn't turn four until after, right after she was born. Um, a three-year-old running around, but I had um, a couple of good friends. We had ended up actually moving in with them just so they could help out for a little while because I wasn't really able to take care of him and I really couldn't um, handle things the way that I needed yeah. to. And so they were there through all of that. That's awesome. It you was. had someone that can do that for yes, you. Yes, it was amazing. Um, and then with her, when I went into labor, um, she was actually a little bit more textbook, but she wasn't uh, very kind about it. She decided to start about 1 a.m. Um, I had been having some Braxton Hicks and had actually been into the hospital a few days before that, thinking I was in labor. And then uh, things just never really went anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so about one o'clock in the morning, I woke up and I was like, whoa, those are kind of hurting. And I um, <laughs> remember I hadn't experienced contractions with my first one very much. Like yeah. I had no idea what to expect. <laughs> and so um, I'm like, oh, that, that, that hurts. <laughs> like, and then my, um, her dad got up and he had to be at work that morning at 4am. And so I was like, you know, just, just keep your phone by now. We thank goodness had cell phones. Um, I was like, just keep your phone close by, cause this might be it. It might not be it. But these are kind of regular. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, he went off to work, and I woke up the friend that we were staying, that was living with us. Um, a couple hours later, I think it was about six a.m. That I was like, hey, I think these might actually be contractions. And so we started timing them and then we called my mom and let her know. And she came on over and at about 11 a.m. I was like, okay, like, I think we need to, we need to go. Like they're getting, they're getting strong. Now, keep in mind, I was also the one who was trying to like walk up and down stairs. I was doing laps around my house. I was not (laughs) going to let these contractions stop. She was coming out. (laughs) (laughs) So I, um, we get to the hospital and they checked me. And they were like, well, you know, we're going to keep you for a little bit. We'll just kind of observe you. But you're, you're only at three centimeters. We probably have a little bit of a time to wait. And so I got up and I started walking laps around the hospital and um, came back and sat down. And they were getting the bed already. Yeah. And the nurse just kind of, she was like, she was in the middle of telling me that if I hadn't progressed to at least four centimeters, they were sending me home. Mm -hmm. And she was like, so you should probably just start getting some things together. I really don't think you're progressing that much. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And then I just kind of sat there and stared at them. And I looked at my mom and I looked at the nurse and I asked my mom to come here. I was like, I think I peed on myself. And she just kind of looked at me funny. She was like, well, why don't you get up and go to the bathroom? And so she helped me up and um, my water had broken. And my water had broken. Like, there was no mistake. There was no, oh, that... My-, my water had broken. You guys, I was so embarrassed, and I kept apologizing because it was just, like, everywhere. Those big gushes that they talk about yeah. that they show in the movie that everyone's like, that's not realistic, that's not how it really happens. <laughs> that is how it happened. Um, there was a little bit of trauma during that birth. Right after that, my midwife um, irritated my cervix. If you don't know what that means, um, I would look it up. I don't really want to go into it in case someone does have some trauma around that. I know that I personally do, um, kind of took me off the bed with some pain there. So, yeah, but up until that my contractions had been pretty manageable, mm-hmm. but after that it was pretty hard. Um, but yeah, I mean, still a hospital birth. I did end up getting an epidural with her, um, we started. We got to the hospital about eleven thirty a.m., and I was adamant that she not be born that day. I was convinced. Um, no, I'm sorry. I was convinced that she, I was convinced that she had to be born prior to midnight that night. It's really funny the things that pregnant women get into their head and how <laughs> powerful that is during labor.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I was adamant that she not be born. Bef- that she had to be born before midnight because I thought that it was April twelfth. And I did not want a child born on the 13th. I, I don't know where it came from. It wasn't something that I had ever thought of prior to labor. But right then, in that moment, she could not be born after or before midnight because she couldn't be born on April 13th. And um, I was really, I, I was holding myself back. It is amazing the power that we have. Um I was really holding myself back. And my mom finally asked me, like, I wasn't progressing. Yeah. And um, my mom finally asked, she's like, baby, why are you so adamant that she has to be born before midnight? And I remember her really clearly asking me that. And so I told her, I said, she can't be born on April 13th because she'll be have a Friday the 13th birthday. She probably would love that now. Just, she would <laughs> love that. Um, but, and she just looked at me, she's like, baby, today's the 13th. And it was like, all of a sudden, this whole gush of just release came over me. It was like I could finally have this child. Um, she was born at 12.06 a.m. on April 14th. I got exactly yep. what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, other than the epidural, we didn't really have any other interventions. Um, I didn't. I had as small tear with her but other than yeah. that everything was pretty natural and i she was the only birth that i experienced that rush of hormones when they first hand the baby to you and you get that rush of this is the most beautiful baby in the world she's Aww. gorgeous she's perfect and she was, y'all she was just perfect um she was that was that birth oh, yeah yeah so lovely. I know. <laughs> and she was a VBAC, which was amazing. Yeah. Like, everyone had told me that I would have to have a C-section, and back in 2004, that was, uh, VBACs were even more rare than they are now, uh, yeah. but I had told my doctor that if she told me I had to have a VBAC, I was having an unassisted birth at home, and uh, <laughs> that didn't go over very well,
1: so. <laughs> you tell them, you're the boss. Right, she said
2: if I had to have a C-section that... Um, I'm sorry, I told them if I had a C-section that I was not coming to the hospital. And so <laughs> they said they would let me try for a V-back, and so I had a V-back. You always have the right to consent. Always. Yes. <laughs> um, speaking of right to consent, my third one, I was adamant it was coming out, and I insisted on him being induced. <laughs> so, um, as a doula, that's not something you're supposed to admit,
0: right? Oh, I mean... Um...
1: Educated choices.
2: Right. (laughs) Um, I, yeah, so for Ethan, I um, was in labor for a long time with him. I was walking around at four centimeters for about six weeks at least. Um, And they would keep telling me, it's going to be any day now. It's going to be any day. That baby is coming out. And we would have contractions every day. And they were painful and they were exhausting. And I had a six-year-old and a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I was tired. And I was big. It to show that, was like, that dilation
1: is just a number.
2: It is. Which is why you don't have to consent to cervical checks. Yes. Isn't that a great thing to know? You don't <laughs> have to consent to anything you don't want. Had I known that I didn't need to consent to cervical checks back then, I probably wouldn't have, but that's because I'd figured out how to do them myself. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Please, don't do that. Do not
1: DIY Yeah, checks. do not DIY.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, as uh, with him, as I kept going forward, um, finally, I was the week before my due date, and I um, had been early with my other two, so I'd expected him to be early, especially for how long I felt like I'd been in labor forever, but... Um, And so, I went in to see my doctor, and she was like, well, we'll schedule an induction for two weeks from now. I'm going to be on vacation next week. And I was like, I love you. But I'm having him next week. He's due on the 4th. I am willing to go to Monday on the 5th because I know that the 4th is a Sunday. And she was like, well, we probably, you know, should wait. And I was like, or we can have him because... And y'all, I've already said I've threatened unassisted birth at home before. I promise I would never do anything to actually hurt my child, but pregnancy hormones make you say some really crazy things. And I had researched how to break my own water. Not a good idea. Do not do this. KCAWM does not condone unassisted births or any kind of medical in- intervention unassisted. Pregnancy hormones had me crazy. Um, I probably wouldn't have actually done it. I would have chickened out or someone would have talked me out of it. But I did threaten that to my doctor at the time. And um, so she scheduled the induction for Monday morning, first thing in the morning. I went in. They started. uh, They broke my water. They started Pitocin like they do. And my doctor, like I said, was on vacation. And I absolutely adore her. The midwife that i would had with my previous two births was um, no longer delivering. Uh, like I said, there were a lot of issues with that in that area. And they didn't really like midwives at the time. Um, so she was now teaching. And the doctor who came in, who was a replacement for my doctor, um, who came in that day was awful. He was probably a very kind man. Um, but after he left, I said I never wanted him to touch me again. And a few minutes later, in walks my midwife from my previous two births. She was like, Oh my gosh, I saw your name on the board. I can't believe you're here. <laughs> and she says, She goes, you know, if you have can have him she said, I'll take over your care today. If you can have him by five o'clock, I'll be your doctor. I'll That's take care amazing. of him. amazing. Yes. Um she's absolutely phenomenal. Um, she's still practicing too, so I just <laughs> she's delivered all three of mine and my sister. She's amazing. Um, so she comes, you know, she's, and she's like, but you know, you're just starting an induction. It's nine o'clock in the morning. You're, you know, you're dilated, but nothing's really happening. We'll see. I'm sure she had no intention of actually delivering that child. And I said, okay, he'll be here by five. And he was born at four fifty eight PM.
1: The power of the mind again it is
2: amazing. <laughs> you know, the power of what your mind can do during labor and delivery is really phenomenal. And I'm a strong believer that, um, that is really what controls a lot of labor for most women. Yeah, and it's those fears that hold you back, but it's also that confidence in what you can do and in what your body's going to do yeah. that really determines how your birth goes. So,
1: yeah, that is yeah. prime example. Yes, of that. <laughs> yes. So
2: he um, he was born at four fifty eight p.m. on the dot um it's been a big joke um it's definitely his personality to kind of drag things along and then get it done so. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. all, right.
1: all very amazing birth stories all of them. every birth story is so yes. unique and special and i thank you for sharing that with You're us welcome. today yeah All right. So thank you for listening to Bumpaholics um, by Keeping Community Women's Ministry. And be sure to follow us on all of the social media. (laughs) Uh.
0: We look forward to seeing you again next time. Okay. Thank you for hanging out with us. We loved having you here. Don't forget to hit that like button because you know we deserve it. Leave a comment to let us know why. Your participation and constructive feedback helps us grow and shapes our community that you can be a part of. Be sure to follow us on all of our socials so you can stay in the loop for upcoming videos, live events, fundraisers, and Patreon goodies. The details will be found in the description below. Goodbye for now. We'll see you soon.